all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. We are back live in Raleigh. Well, as of the moment of recording <laughs> in our, this. In our bedroom. In our bedroom after um, lovely eight, nine lovely days in uh, paradise. Yes, in uh, Pacific Beach, San Diego. Yes, it was. San Diego. San Diego is gorgeous. It's French. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was hard to leave. Yes, it was. Uh, we had a we had a blast. We're both tanned. Yes, we are. We're both uh, not as pasty white anymore. We're yeah. We're both uh, really wanting to stay there until we looked at the price of what it costs to live there, and we're like, Arr. yeah, not sure how you do it, Californians. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Sh- I don't get the appeal. Well, I do, but I don't get the appeal of spending almost seven hundred grand on a one bedroom, one bath. Yeah. Uh, that is like 600 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, to get something comparable to what we have here was like 10, no exaggeration, 10 times as expensive. Yeah. Easy. Probably more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so back in Raleigh we are. <laughs> yes. So we, so we had to come back. <laughs> Hi, Raleigh. We Hello, love Raleigh. you, too. We still love you, but just not as much as we used to. <laughs> but we did have a, we did have a good time. We recorded a little, um... An episode that's probably going to end up coming out as a mini-sode. Yeah. Because it... It wasn't very long. No, it wasn't very long. It wasn't particularly brilliant, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll throw that out midweek one time and yeah. call it a bonus pod or yeah. a mini-sode or something. A bonus-ode. A bonus-ode. Yes. There you go. Yes. Um, but we're still going, guys, so... Rate, review, re- subscribe. Yes, we are, we are on all the important... Social media. Yes, we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter and Insta at All Bad Things Pod. Yes, and you can find us at All Bad Things Pod at Gmail yes. as well. And All Bad Things Yes, so this is a, will be our usual, not usual, but this will, we're reintroducing our uh, tasteless and shameless plug to <laughs> please reach out to us. Yes! Please rate and review us because we are, we, Honestly, are curious to, to see to find out who is listening to us because yes. people are. Yes, and we see so. in like cities that we're like, wait, we don't know anybody in that city because yeah. a lot of them were like, okay, yeah, that's so and so or this yeah. family member, this friend, which is awesome, and we love you guys. Yeah. But apparently, we have something going in Australia. Yeah, and, and, and which I, is and fun. I, and I don't know anybody in Australia. In the UK and <laughs> yes. Hungary, even yes. which is awesome. We'd love to hear from you guys. So, it, because we're. Um, we're not particularly popular at this time. No. We we would be happy to mention you yes. on the air. <laughs> yes, please do know that it is just the two of us uh, doing this. We're not backed by anybody or anything. Nobody. Nobody. It is the we're, two of us. We're just doing this on our own. And beer that we buy on our own. Yes, because it's fun. Hopefully, hopefully, all of the beers or at least one of them will sponsor us at some point. Yes. Oh, <laughs> should I go ahead and plug the beer? I of think the it's night? time for a shameless plug. So this is a company I have plugged before. This yes. is our Apex North Carolina's own brew print. A place we've been to several times. Yes, multiple times. 
Um, and it, this is the Midnight Brew. It's an imperial style. Is that the, like, the 12%? Or no, eight, eight and a half. Oh, only eight and a half. <clears throat> only eight and a half, So yeah. you're going to be feeling pretty good by the time this episode. Oh, yes. It has coffee, chocolates, and dates, and it's it's very good. Can I try? Yeah, I absolutely. I'm going to try this one. <clears throat> it's a wee bit, like, heavy, but it's mm. getting to be the time of year where you can have a heavier yes. beer, and it doesn't taste That's actually pretty so good. They, is, they put out it? a couple of good ones uh, recently. Yeah, some of their um, limited editions I've really liked. That that coconut um, lime sour was That was, was really amazing. good. Yes, and sours I, I really do not like at all, but that was a really good one. It was one. delicious. Yeah. I told the, um, I met the owner, Eric, and I told him, I was like, that was a winner. Mm-hmm. I got a couple half growlers of it. It was awesome. Absolutely. So this has been the North Carolina Beer Corner. Yes. Uh, not a bad thing at all. Yeah. All very good things. You can catch the, the, the whole episode of our North Carolina mm-hmm. Beer Corner on our alternate podcast, which also does not exist. <laughs> and never will because Probably a, never will. a bunch of people do them. Yes. There are yeah. lots of North Carolina beer podcasts. and Well, there's there's plenty of North Carolina breweries. <clears throat> yes, there are. Uh, especially in this area. So Yes. Um, but all of that, like, frivolity and loveliness of um, talking about beer and honeymoons and wonderfulness is all to serve to offset. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to lead to disaster. It, it's going to end in tragedy. Mm. It must end in tragedy. So, um, yes, this is, this is a bad one. And trigger warning always, we know, for everything possible. But this one is particularly sensitive. What? (laughs) This one is particularly sensitive in that it deals with the deaths of multiple children. Uh. And by multiple, I mean 183 children. Okay. Uh, What are we talking about? Today's topic is the Victoria Hall Stampede. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, this is a bad one. It's often listed as, like, worst disasters in history because of the nature of it. Obviously, by body count, that's, like, we've had ones that are in the thousands, so that's, it's not... 183, we've certainly covered way more than that in a particular instance. Yes, but what makes... This is all children. All children, and the circumstances are pretty grisly. So, this is is a bad one. Well, in in our thalidomide... Yeah, that was babies. That was... A lot of babies. That yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty, yeah, pretty brutal. But it also was not a stampede. That's true, and many of the and there were a lot of children that lived. Yes, and through that, some of the deaths were in utero. You yeah. know, it, it, so I mean, oh. not that any of that was good, but no. this this is this sounds like it's a little more. Uh, it's a bit grisly. A li- little bit more of a of a gut punch. Yeah, on this one. yeah. So on June sixteenth. 1883. So this is a bit of an older one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have we gone into the uh, 19th century before? Yes, we did is... the year without a summer. Oh, that's yes, that's right. That was in the 19th. I know summer. that. And that was actually way early. That was like 1813, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, something like that. Like early 19th century. Very early United States. Yes. And uh, yes. We can hear that on the oh, recordings. Yeah. <laughs> so it, on June 16th. 1883, 183 children between the ages of 3 and 14. Okay, so this was all... Children. Were trampled to death and asphyxiated in a mass stampede at Victoria Hall in Sunderland, England. I I, I don't think I've ever heard of this. Well, let's let it unfold then. Yes. So... 
1877, Alfred Hutchinson began performing as an entertainer under the name Alexander Fay. So that was his stage name. Uh, most of his act at that time centered around him being a ventriloquist. So, like, not vaudeville, but, like, pre-vaudeville, sort of like, you don't go see movies back in 1877. No, you, you see plays. You see plays, you see um, magic shows, you see circuses, yeah. stuff like that. And a ventriloquist, people are probably yeah, like, hey. Yeah, it was novel. Yeah, that'll be it fun. It was novel. Um, within about a year, he added his sister Annie to his act, and her stick was, she was billed as the American Enchantress. Even though they were from England. (laughs) Okay. So they toured for several years, perfecting their acts, and it became sort of like a magic type thing. They were billed as having tricks and conjuring, so like sort of a mystical aspect to it. Just entertainers. Um, And in 1883, their tour led them to Victoria Hall in Sunderland, England. Now, where is Sunderland? Excellent timing. You did, didn't did, even know did, that that was the next I, thing. Did I segue into you that one ding, perfectly? ding, dinged perfectly. Because I've heard of paragraph. it, but I, I couldn't tell okay. you exactly where it is. So Sunderland is in Tyne and Ware, northeast England. Okay. So um, <clears throat> it's really not too far from the border from Scotland. Okay. It's only like 100 miles um, southeast of Edinburgh. Oh, okay. So very right. northeast England. Um, and Victoria Hall was this big gothic style um, indoor concert hall built in 1872 so only like 11 years before the tragedy that uh, that also kind of sounds familiar just that uh, specific place does Victoria it, Hall yeah does it still exist we'll get to that okay <laughs> shot take a shot because <laughs> that's an interesting fact near the end we'll cover but Um, So, Victoria Hall had, like, a main floor on the stage level, and then had a balcony-slash-gallery area. So, you know, big concert hall. Kind of like at our reception. Yeah, yeah, like Lincoln (laughs) Theater, except not. (laughs) Except except probably uh, a lot more fancy. Yes. I'm going to guess. Very fancy. I imagine, like, good acoustics, because back then they didn't have projection systems and stuff, so it had to be, like... Had to be built a certain certain way, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, And it was located at the intersection of Tord Road and Laura Street facing Mulberry Park. For anyone familiar with Sunderland. (laughs) Hey, for all of our Sunderland listeners. Yes, wouldn't it be awesome if we saw that someone in Sunderland (laughs) was listening? That would be fantastic. This is a very famous English tragedy, so... I would guess. I would guess our our English listeners would recognize this, so... The phase show was announced on posters leading up to the events, the event, and there are pictures of these posters, which is pretty cool. Um, it yeah, took, oh well, yeah, there would be. There, yeah, there, there were barely yeah, cameras uh-huh. at that time, but well, there plus were. Plus, some may have been saved and then photographed later. True. You know. Yeah. True. It took place on Saturday, June sixteenth, eighteen eighty-three, at three p.m. And the poster advertised conjuring, talking waxworks. Living marionettes, which I imagine both of those are like ventriloquism things. Yeah. The great ghost illusion, etc. <laughs> so they were kind of going for a mystical sort of like a sci-fi is not the right term. Like uh, thrills and chills sort of thing. Yeah, they were, um, they were going more Paranormal. towards like the supernatural. Yes, that's yes. what I'm trying to say. Uh, yep. 
Yep. Um, which I imagine was sort of like seeing Prob- a horror movie a little well, bit. It was probably it was probably shocking in its time. Yeah. It mm-hmm. seems like maybe that's what they were going for, a little shock value. But it was still like geared towards children, so probably relatively innocent, like not super scary per se. Just enough to creep them out. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and give them nightmares and fun things that <laughs> right. like you like you look back on later on in life, like stuff you watched when you were a little kid, and right. then you find out like who was making that stuff and you're like yeah, that was kind of creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is a scary movie or thing you remember from your childhood, like an entertainment thing that scared you when you were really little? Honest to God, um, probably the first time I saw Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Um, the If anybody has seen it, I'm, most people in my generation have I seen have. that movie. And it was yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the part in the movie where the tree starts to eat the kid. I don't remember that. Yeah. But I don't remember the movie much. Yeah. Either. People, that's a somewhat famous scene. Okay. It freaked me out because, like, my bed was right next to a window next to oh, next tree. to a big tree like oh. that. So you were so picturing what, it coming yes. in. Yes. Mm. So that movie scared the shit out of me when I was, like, <laughs> seven or eight. Yeah. And it also, that was I think that was probably the movie that kind of got me hooked on horror, horror films. Yeah. You know, because we had HBO growing mm-hmm. up, so, mm-hmm. you know, 10 o'clock at night. You know, sneak down to the uh, to the den where we had the extra thirteen inch TV. Oh, not the big console no, furniture. One. That was in our living room. Oh, okay. Um, but I'd sneak down into the den and watch because HBO would have pretty much like every like Friday or Saturday have okay a horror movie on at right. some point. So yeah, I watched a lot of that stuff growing up. Okay, I did not. I got scared easily as a kid. Um, I remember when I was three or four, and I remember because of where we were living at the time, we were still living in Miami, um, I remember watching How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and I only got partway through it, and this is the cartoon, because the Jim Carrey version was not out, I'm much older than that, um, but there's, you know, like, in the, you've seen it, right? Like. I'm sure I have, but I never got into any of those kind of things, but I'm sure I have seen it. I mean, we're talking like, it's not Dr. Seuss, is it? Is it The Grinch? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I'll have to look that up. Um, Email us. Correct us. Um, There's there's, somebody at home being like, of course it's Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yelling at the... Idiots. Yelling at the podcast. Um, But... He has, like, this wicked grin, and he slithers on the floor. He was kind of, cr- of a creepy character a bit, yeah. earlier in the in the cartoon. And I got really freaked out, and I remember, like, running into my bedroom and hiding. My sister and I had bunk beds, and I, like, hid on my bed. And my parents were like, no, you need to come and watch the rest of it. He <laughs> yeah. ends up good. It's need- good. Yes. <laughs> um, you just need to be freaked out for a little bit. Yeah, I had a... A really low tolerance for scary stuff for a long time. I remember getting freaked out by this fugitive, the guy filming at the mouth in the um, in the prison bus. Oh, okay, yeah. That scared me okay. really badly. I was like eight or nine when I, well, maybe nine when I saw it, maybe ten. <laughs> I wasn't older than eleven. <laughs> no, I was ten or under because, again, of where we were living at the time. Yeah, I was in high school when that movie came out. <laughs> Again, creepy, I know, but... 1993 creepy. Yes. <laughs> Not current creepy. <laughs> We're married. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Anyway, what were we talking about now? I believe we were talking about um, <laughs> uh, 100 some uh, thir- yeah. three to 14-year-olds being... Yeah, trampled to death, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so back to this show, Conjuring Snap Talking back Black. to reality. <laughs> oh, there goes gravity. Uh, so every child... Oh, the, the um, poster said, Every child entering the room will stand a chance of receiving a handsome present, books, toys, etc. Okay, well that's a good, uh, that's uh, a good, good way to get them in there. Get them in yes. the door. And the price of admission was one penny. Okay. So about 2,000 people attended the show. So it was a big show sure. in this, this um, North England town. And most were unsupervised children between the ages of like 4 and 12. This is old timey. Yeah, I guess that wasn't, yeah. Little kids, like yeah. working class families, whatever. That makes there sense. Wasn't, there wasn't the concern about kids going off on their own. A lot of them went in groups, like with friends sure. or friends. There were like Sunday school church groups and um, school groups and well, stuff I mean, who went. I mean, that wasn't uncommon when I was growing mm-hmm. up. But apparently now, like if you're under the age of 13, right. you must be accompanied by a parent wherever you go. Like it even says like on <laughs> like, mall signs, like you can't be there past like nine without an adult if you're like under 12. Well, I think they kind of had that. Like I kind of get that to yeah, an extent. Yeah, like but, at a certain but time, it's, But you hear all these stories like, oh, there was like two eight-year-olds like walking from a park and somebody called the cops to oh, come like, pick them up. Yeah. Like that that didn't exist when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to judge how much of it is just like panic and how much of it is it's, it's mostly panic. It's, that's hard. Yeah. Hey, at least we never have to worry about no, that. No, like, we do not. Uh, <laughs> we good do, luck, parents. We do not. We do not. All right, so now let's get into the the tragedy. Because that's the sort of lead up. So, so. I'm, I'm trying to figure... Here's what I'm trying to figure out, mm-hmm. and obviously you're going to get into it. We're, they're in a concert hall, essentially, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm Watching this show. Okay, well, go on. I'm just okay. trying to figure out like, what is the why stampede. Is there a stampede? Yes. So the show itself went off pretty well, although interestingly, there was apparently <laughs> until the end. <laughs> well, there was apparently one trick where, like, the room was filled with smoke for like a literal smoke screen or something, and a few kids threw up. <laughs> okay. Because it like made them sick, but uh, the phase won them back over. Sure. <laughs> they sort of moved on. Kids throw up. It's yeah, what they do. That's what happens. It was the three-year-olds. <laughs> So the show ended around five, and Faye's last couple of tricks, first he um, uh, released a bunch of pigeons, which, ew, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, finally, he began conjuring presents from a hat. So remember those presents and toys Mm -hmm. that were promised on the... And books. And Mm. books, and et cetera. Um, He began sort of pulling them from his hat, right? So as Faye was conjuring these presents from the hat, he announced that the children, that children with certain numbers on their tickets would get a free toy as they left. So it was like a lottery system. Um, And that he and Annie would distribute the toys to the kids on the main floor and an assistant would give the kids in the gallery their prizes on the way out. Well, that that sounds like fun. Yeah. Back in the day. Very innocent. That would be be fun today. And a man named Heseltine was assisting the phase by manning the door for the gallery. Okay. um, Out on the ground floor as they, when they would come down to give them. Are you starting to get I'm, the picture now? Yes, yeah. now. To to give the kids these presents. I so, see where we're going here. Yeah. Kids in the gallery close to the exit left quickly to get their prize. What do you think the other kids thought? That they wanted them. They wanted them and that mm-hmm. they might miss out on them. Mm-hmm. So what would you do if you were a little kid? They were giving out free prizes to kids who made it down the stairs. 
what would you want to do? You would try to get down those stairs as quickly as possible. Yes. And I'm sure every other kid had that exact same objective, and no shit. Because um, all I can think about it with a stampede mm-hmm. is something, you know, horses or, right. or the pamplota, the uh, the running of the bulls, oh, and, okay. you know, yes. something uh-huh. like that. Mm-hmm. People can cause a stampede. Yes, they too. can. Yes. Um People still get crushed at concerts yes. and stuff like that. Well, Hillsboro, a very mm-hmm. famous crushing oh, that we yeah. will cover in yes. great detail. Yes. That's going to be a big research one, so, yeah. but we will cover that eventually. Wow. so all these kids, like, oh, no but, shit. But think about it, though. So, well, let's talk through this a little bit. Yes. Um, so, so, yes, they did exactly what you'd expect a bunch of little ki- hyped-up kids to do. Um, who wanted to get presents, they ran for the staircase that led downstairs to the stage floor, main floor, coming down from the balcony, down from the gallery. So there is a witness account, a few witness accounts, but this there's one famous one from uh, a, a person who was a boy at the time, a six-year-old boy named William Codling, um, <clears throat> he, who later recalled and gave you know his witness account. And I'm sure he needed some coddling after this happened. <laughs> No kidding. So he said they, quote, obligingly rose en masse and went down the stairs to meet him, meaning Faye. I raced up the gallery as fast as I could, scrambled with the crowd through the doorway, and jolted my way down two flights of stairs. Here the crowd was so compressed that there was no more racing, but we moved forward together shoulder to shoulder. Soon we were most uncomfortably packed, but still going down. Yeah. Now... If you think about it, a bunch of kids like plugging a staircase, that would definitely be treacherous and potentially dangerous. Sure. And uncomfortable. Yes. But in and of itself, like what makes this not deadly necessarily deadly. For 183 kids. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> there was an aggravating factor. At some point during that day, someone had bolted the door. Oh. Which opened inward. Uh, toward the staircase, yeah. partially shut. Okay. It was not locked. It it was it was bolted partway open. Okay. So it was stuck partway open. Accounts differ as to like how far it was open between sixteen and twenty four inches. Regardless, like two feet is not much. One person can get out. Maybe I, two little kids. Yeah, I see where at a time. Exactly where this so is going. So an inward facing door, leaving like a foot and a half to two feet of space is the only mode of egress for up to... There were about a 1,000 children in that gallery. Mm -hmm. So there's literally hundreds of children trying to get down the same staircase in, like, a panic. Well, like, a a hyperactivity. Yeah, in in a fever pitch. Yes, in a fever pitch. And... Having, they were not proceeding in an orderly fashion. Obviously, no, of course not. There were not many adults around. Remember, there was a lot of unsupervised children. There was a, an assistant at the door, but he wasn't necessarily there to but help yeah, them out. But he there's was there a, to give out presents. Right, and there's a thousand kids. But what is one assistant going to do? Yeah, and with a partially bolted door. So, yeah. So when all these little boys and girls came hurling down the staircase. They just couldn't get through the door fast enough. Um, And what happened was exactly what you would expect. Mm -hmm. The kids at the bottom started to get trapped, Mm -hmm. then crushed as the kids from upstairs kept coming Mm -hmm. down. So here's how William Codling put it. This is bad. This is a pretty sad account. 
Suddenly I felt that I was treading upon someone lying on the stairs and I cried in horror to those behind, keep back, keep back, there's someone down. It was no use. I passed slowly over and onwards with the mass and before long I passed over others without oh, emotion. Jesus. At last we came to a dead stop, but still those behind came crowding on. And another witness. There's just there's really I mean there's really no do? stopping it. No, not if you've got people behind yeah, you. Yeah, because they don't know no, yet. No, and the people farther up, like very similar to Hillsborough. Yeah, like they don't, they, they they don't know, know what's going on. No. up at the up at the top. Right, exactly. Wow. Another witness described children literally tumbling head over heels, um, and morbidly described a heap of children that quote became higher and higher until it became a mass of dying children over six feet in height. Jesus Christ! So it just like started building at the bottom. Yeah, it, which is it's the worst like mental picture. And a six-year-old named Charlie Dixon told his big big brother Alfie, this is bad, major trigger warning here, quote, don't let go of my hand as someone is standing upon my face. Oh, fuck. Charlie died, and his his brother lived, and that's how they had that account. Yeah. So this was morbid. This is bad. So adults on the other side of the door were trying to unbolt it. Clearly they realized that that was a problem, but they couldn't. I mean, this, well, there's, there there's too much, it, you know. there's way too much pressure up against yes. it. And it's just not going to happen. Um, the caretaker of Victoria Hall, Frederick Graham, <sighs> ran upstairs from another staircase and he and other adults helped just, rescue children right. by, by bringing them back up right. the gallery. Here's another morbid account. Graham said, at first I did not think that any were dead, but when we tried to release them, I discovered my mistake. I tried at first to take out children from the thickest of the mass, but they were so tightly wedged in that I could scarcely move them without risk of further injury to their poor limbs. So I began by picking out those little ones from the top who groaned, moved their limbs, or showed other signs of life. Oh, man. Yeah. Eventually, someone was able to actually rip the door off its hinges. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, at the bottom, and they started pulling kids out, you know, onto the open floor below. And uh, that did help relieve things for those still alive. William Codling again, he said, Then the pressure began to lessen. A report spread that the toys were being distributed in the gallery, and those behind having made a feeble rush upwards, back we tottered across the path of death. So my guess is what happened was like some adult at the top was like, "Hey, hey kids, the toys are up here," right. just to get the ones just to who get them could away. Still yeah, just away. to get them out of that yes. area because the kids at the top again didn't know what yeah. was going on at the bottom. So they're like, "How do we get these kids to move voluntarily?" You know who can? Wow, no shit. Yeah. So, yeah. So in the end, one hundred fourteen boys and sixty nine girls. A total of 183 children between the ages of 3 and 14 died by crushing asphyxiation. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. And another 100 were seriously injured. One 13-year-old girl was later found walking down the street, dazed, holding her dead 4-year-old sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't really necessarily need to know that, but... <laughs> but. 
but okay. I'm I sure, warned I, I d- everybody I this was a bad one. I don't doubt that that happened. This was a really bad one. And it wasn't like, okay, this is 18... When? It's 83. 1883. So, at best, these are like a wooden carving of like a horse or like something like that. It wasn't wasn't something awesome. Oh, like man, a, that's like, going to come up later. Like but, an, you know, you're right. It wasn't what like... What they say? Toys, books, like... yeah. Prizes. It wasn't trinkets. something. Yeah, it wasn't something cool like an Xbox or like something like that. You know, they died for something that they probably could have made at home themselves. Well, well, something that's interesting is that um, some of the articles I found or research about this like brought it up. Like one, one of my sources, which we're going to get up on the website. Oh my god, we are really going to get all these sources up on the website because it's so important. I obviously don't just pull this stuff out of my own head that there's a lot of research that goes into it and a lot of people contributed to it if you did pull all this stuff out of your head you'd be a very sick independent person that's very true (laughs) but um, and i would still love you oh thank you maybe (laughs) there was a uh a mental floss article Mm -hmm. about it that was that was pretty thorough and uh they brought it up specifically like they published the article around black friday because well yeah it's got that sort of well, you see, now you see just, like, a lot of violence on Black Friday. With a and, lot of adults, uh, generally. Exactly, <laughs> yes. With with, with an, uh, adult children of alcoholics. Like, that's, that's, what, um, <laughs> right. that's what one of my favorite comedians calls the, uh, the adult public of the United States today, that we're all adult children of alcoholics. Alcoholics. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I love looking up those Black Friday YouTube videos because it just, like, reaffirms of... Yeah, I wonder why the rest of the world hates us. <laughs> well, I mean, it is complicated. Like, in this case, like, working class, little kids, they probably and it was, have a ton. It, and it cost a penny to get in there. Now, I don't know what it, how like, much what money that was, what I, that worth was, but I'm guessing this yeah. was mostly not well-to-do kids. I'm right. going to guess that this was mostly poor... Well, and actually, a lot of a lot of tickets were also given away sure. too. So yeah, it seems the impression I got, although I didn't specifically have a source for this, was that it was right. kind of a working I, class. Yeah, place. I don't think the 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 what is it the the bourgeoisie. Oh the, yeah. The bourgeoisie. I don't think their kids were at this event. No, I think it was it was. It was like, working class people yeah. and. Poor little, kids. Little kids who could either afford a penny to go to. Little a, kids who wanted a toy so bad. Yeah. Probably because they didn't have any. Yeah. Um, that a thousand of them bum rushed a certain area just to get one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So these these were, I'm going to guess, not well-to-do right. people. Which kind of is the same thing with the Black Friday thing. I mean, you figure a lot of people who are showing up like at Walmart at 5 p.m. I know plenty of people who are well off. Have I mean have really nothing to worry about? Kind of yeah. like us. I mean yeah. that that go for that kind of shit. And I'm just yeah. like I want no part of it. No, no. They actually I read recently that Black Friday is kind of falling out of favor. Good. More I mean, and more. It, 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 it is a tradition that needs to go away. Yeah. Honestly, because or or have some different order to it or something. The, the thing that really irks me is that they start doing it on Thanksgiving now. It's like, will you let those fucking people like have a day off? Yeah. Please. Well, and a lot like, of companies just, are starting to yeah. to reverse that. It's trend. like it's like they work at fucking Walmart or Target. Their yeah. life sucks most likely. Their job certainly sucks. Mm-hmm. Can you at least give them one day yeah. out of the year just to be at home? A holiday. Right. Um so they can, you know, drink and get is fucked up as possible <laughs> so they can forget about how uh, miserable their life is. But yeah. no, no, we're going to need you here at 8 o'clock 
because Susie really needs that new computer. Yeah. Yeah, fuck all that shit. The three we have in stock yeah. to get everybody in the And door. there's going to be a couple of fist fights, and yeah. you might have to break some people up. Yeah. But it's for the consumer, and we're all about the customer. Yeah. Fuck the customer. Yeah. Well, let's do the little Walmart <laughs> dance, the squiggle, right? Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. If that goes away, that, that will probably be a good thing. Yes, I, I, I agree. And, and, yeah, so... So I mean, th- I, I mean, these are little kids. They didn't know any better. No. And and and, and there was were, there was not enough. There, there clearly not enough staff to to right. do anything to. Right. There was no crowd control. Right. From so, what I'm, it sounds like there was four people there to. Right. To like, do crowd control. Basically. So so yeah, there were there were two thousand kids, vastly outnumbering any adults in the crowd, and yeah, there was a lot of things wrong, but. Let's get to the aftermath. Of so all there, this. there were a thousand or two thousand kids. Two thousand kids, okay. about a thousand in the gallery. And the thousand oh, I see. What's, okay, on the main level. Okay, yeah. So Damn, the kids who were—that's a lot of three to fourteen-year-olds. That's a lot. Um, so a lot of like the kids on the ground floor were fine. Yeah. Because they never at any point like tried to. There was no other incidents of. Um, like crushing right. or sta- like they didn't rush the stage or right. anything or if they did it didn't in- result in injury or anything so God. it was this staircase um and yeah this is fucking terrible it is it's a really bad thing this is a bad one this might be the worst one we've done so far well, i think i think it is it's not the worst like in terms of death toll or no, even kind of like the, the circumstances it's, the fact that it's kids the fact that, you know, it, it's negligence on some level. The fact that... Not, not purposeful, I don't think. No. Well, Just, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. shot. But, shot, do a mm-hmm. shot. I'll have a sip. I had a sip too. <laughs> um, but but it, clearly preventable. And, and then it was, like, just the thought of a bunch of... I mean, there were two three-year-olds who died. Mm-hmm. I'm like, those are tiny kids. Yeah, you're really tiny when you're Up three. to a 14-year-old... And imagine, like, little three-year-olds in crowds with, like, 12-year-olds. That's like, a sizable difference. It is. It it's is. a pretty big difference in your size between yeah. being three or 13 or 14. Yeah. And kind of the average age was closer there, there's, to, like, There's a big difference 12. in your size from being 10 to yes, when you're 13. That's very true. That's so. very true. And just, like, to, like, the horror, like, this kid, William Conling, the, the horror of the survivors, too. Like, who realized, like, that they were contributing to the crush that killed yeah. their little friends yeah. or other little kids. Like, clearly in 1883, they didn't have very good mental health care providers. No. But I can only imagine, like, the the PTSD of hundreds of children at yeah. that event. And uh, never being diagnosed with that. Yeah, because there was no it's, such thing back no. then. There was not. It was just like, yeah, oh, you saw a bunch of people die. Like, shake it off. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I can imagine that this had a lot farther reaching effects yeah. than what one would typically expect. Yeah, I'm gonna guess most of the people that survived that and actually saw what happened yeah. uh, probably hit the bottle pretty hard growing up. <laughs> yeah, and if it was a working class town anyway, they probably didn't have. A, <laughs> they would have. They would have done it anyway. Now they hit yeah. it extra hard. But yeah. anyway, on to the, uh, the, are we at the aftermath? We are at the aftermath. So so this was a huge blow to the town. 
I mean, a hun- yeah. it, it, it wasn't an, an enormous town and 183 kids. Well, died. like they say, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. It's 183. So there's a yeah. lot of people who knew the family and yes. the kids. Yeah. And some families lost multiple children. Yeah, I would bet. And uh, one entire Sunday school class of 30 kids died. Get the fuck out of here. Gone. Just gone. No shit. Yeah. So um, Queen Victoria herself sent condolences to the family. And uh, people sent in money to be raised for the children's funerals and memorials. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. uh, Yeah. This whole thing is just the beginning. Yeah. So they did raise five thousand pounds, which I didn't look at the conversion, but that's a lot. Sounds of money like a by lot for eighteen eighty three. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like a lot of money. And they did build a memorial. It was a statue of a mother holding a dying child. <sighs> it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so the week couldn't following, couldn't have been of like a statue of like a happy child. <laughs> like, well, when, I don't know if that would have been appropriate either. <laughs> well, I guess not, but I don't know. Like, it's hard to, maybe that, like a little kid with angel's wings. Some, yeah, something yeah. along those lines. <laughs> not a not a morbid statue as well. Well, I mean, it's hard. That's a hard thing because with memorials, like it can go one of two ways, right? Like either the celebration of life that that was had, or, <laughs> or the, like the, or the morbidity of the tragedy. Yeah, I guess they went with the latter. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's either way. Plus, I mean, we're talking about the Victorian era. So they were already a little dark and morbid at that time, a little yeah. bit. Literally, Queen Victoria. This was Victorian yes. times. Yes. So. so yeah. So the the week following the the stampede um, was just like funeral after funeral after funeral, like yeah. dozens of funerals a day for these kids at four different cemeteries in the area. Jesus. Yeah. So and because you know, probably a lot of people knew each other. I I imagine it was just. Like everyone's life in the village was basically going to funerals for. I'm gonna guess uh, this is when uh, England discovered heroin. <laughs> I think they discovered it before that. They did. They they they, they, re- more. they reintroduced it. Yeah, um, and Sunderland businesses even closed down for a week out of like respect yeah. to give people the chance to go to the funerals. Jesus. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, it's it's just a terrible thing to think of. And here's a little, I don't know if, I found this kind of amusing, even though it's like super dark amusing. Okay. <laughs> um, William McGonagall, sorry, William McGonagall, a Scottish poet okay. of the time, wrote a very morbid, very epic, very melodramatic poem of multiple verses about the tragedy. So epic, melodramatic, <laughs> and what was the other... Morbid? Uh, morbid, morbid. Yes. Now that's in my own description. Well, I kind of now I, I now I really want to write a epic, <laughs> melodramatic, morbid poem. I think that's what I'm going to work on well, later. Well, you should read it for inspiration. Um, it was called the Sunderland Calamity, and it, like I said, it's multiple verses. But I would like to read my favorite verse. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of worried that you have a favorite verse. Oh yes, it's and it's bad. And again, this is sick, but. Oh, heaven, it must have been most pitiful to see fathers with their dead children upon their knee, while the blood ran copiously from their mouths and ears and their parents shedding o'er them hot burning tears. Yeah, that's, uh, I believe that's epic, morbid. morbid and melodramatic. And melodramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I read the whole thing. It was a pretty bad poem, but... 
it was like the ode to the stampede. Mm-hmm. It like gave the whole about the phase and how they came into town and everybody was happy and then everything turned to... That's the other thing about this is like how, what a happy thing it started out to be and what a terrible thing it ended yeah. up being. There's like an element of that. Because there's something about like... Even terrible things like a um, the um, Rana Plaza collapse, mm-hmm. it was awful, and, and over a thousand people died. But like, there was something about they were just at work grinding out a work day and died. But then things like the um, Versailles mm-hmm. wedding hall disaster yeah, that was and a happy this event. Yeah. happy events that just turned to absolute shit mm-hmm. because of random events. I mean, you know. Timing is everything. Uh, So the public was outraged by all of this. Obviously, many of the citizens knew the kids or their families. So they demanded to know what happened. Like, why did this happen in the first place? And it was really, I mean, it was an innocent thing that led to this. It wasn't malicious in any, it was... Well, well, so, so... um, they did actually have two official inquests into this, um, since the victims were from two different counties. So each county had its own inquest. Okay. The phase staff at Victoria Hall and Frederick Graham, the caretaker of the hall, were all questioned. Sure. Um, Alexander, Fay, and Graham both testified that they saw the door in question, the door that had been bolted, hmm. fully open at the intermission, at the interval. Okay. So it is thought that it was bolted partway shut sometime after the intermission before the end. Okay. I'm so, sure the question of why it was bolted is going to come well, up. Well, yes, and it did. So it was eventually determined in both inquests that, yes, the door that was bolted was basically the cause of the whole sure. tragedy, but that there was insufficient evidence to prove who was responsible for bolting it. Oh, okay. Um, there was a lot of suspicion for Hasseltine, the assistant, who was down at the bottom of the stairs giving away the presents. Like, I, the idea that he bolted it partway shut so that he wouldn't get overwhelmed by kids. But but there was really... Nobody could prove no, anything. No, there, there was nothing that could really be proven. And certainly whoever did it is not going to be like, hey, yeah, right, I'm, yeah, I'm the me. one. I killed 108. Yeah, because yeah. you know that guy would probably have been lynched. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he would have. So no one was ultimately held criminally responsible for it. Really? Yeah. Not even... No one. Now, um, Alexander Fay and the uh, proprietor of Victoria Hall, who's a Mr. Coates, were reprimanded, strongly censored, um, for their, that they had poor crowd control planning. Well, yeah. So that, that they... Um, were more interested in collecting money than on keeping kids safe, you know. So it was oh, like it was yes. it was like reckless endangerment, sort of. Plus, but, plus, you also have to remember that this is in a time. This is way before there were any sort of regulations on businesses. Yes. You could you basically had essential free reign to do what yeah. you wanted to, you know. So that that's this is way before that. Yeah. Um, and. I, I'm sure I'm I'm positive that they were just thinking like this will be fun, mm-hmm. this will be we know we'll get people to show up for this if, if we're telling them we're giving out toys, right. books, mm-hmm. 
you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably as far as they thought it through. Right. I mean, right. really. And just didn't I mean, plan I mean, at, well. at that time, I mean, why would you think, like, hey, we're going to make some money off this Yeah, thing. exactly. This will be, be a good one. Exactly. Well, you know? and if 2,000 kids paid a penny a piece, you know. Yeah. You're that's, talking some cash. Yeah. that's uh, Would that be $200? 20 dollars? Would it be twenty dollars? Don't you move the decimal twice? Email us, friends. <laughs> we can't math. <laughs> I'm not mathing very well we, right now. We never claimed to be a math <laughs> podcast. No, no. Uh, Here is a claim I can make. In the the state of New York, you only have to take two years of math in high school. I took those two years, and I was like, I'm fucking done with this shit. Well, here's what I can tell you. I was a homeschooler who got to choose my own curriculum, and I cheated on my uh, algebra and geometry. So Uh-oh. there you go. Uh-oh. Yeah, take, revoke my GED. Why don't you stay in Florida? Uh, I wonder if anybody would even bother to do that. I hope not. <laughs> They'd be like, well, it's just a GED. <laughs> Fucking who cares? Hey, a GED is as good as a high school diploma Basically, in the eyes of the it's law. Not, it's, not like, it's not like you really fucking learn anything in high school. Well. So, and now, in the sort of positive column of all of this, this disaster did actually cause positive legislative changes. Um, okay, well... I in the United Kingdom. Fucking hope so. Yes. That would eventually also spread around the world and become common practice. The legislation called for more exits in entertainment sure. values. So, like, the fact that these kids were funneling down just one staircase, you know, right. so they called for multiple exits. And also required that exit doors open outward. Yeah, instead Which you would of inward. think that would be intuitive, but apparently But then not. again, this is just at a time when nobody's really thinking about that. Like those crowd control or, well, like, nobody's, civic engineering. People are thinking, well, we put up a building, it's up. Yeah, that's, that's that. As long as it doesn't fall yeah. on anyone, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. Like, the yeah. doors open inward. Mm-hmm. Which makes mm-hmm. absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't. No. Like, from a, just from, a, like, an engineering standpoint. But it feels intuitive now. I, I think that it's yeah. more of a, you know, now it makes sense, but back then it didn't yeah, necessarily. And, and building safety has only come through tragedy, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it really has. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll ever cover this, but one of the more... Our very first episode, I mentioned this, mm-hmm. the fire at the co- Coconut oh, Grove. We're totally covering Coconut Grove. Um, that was caused by, because the only exit uh-huh. was... Um, In a circular staircase? No, no, no. Uh, the glass, rotating glass oh, door. What do you call it? A revolving that? door. Revolving door. Thank you. Wow. Duh. <laughs> but that was the only door to get mm-hmm. in and out. Mm-hmm. So when this fire started... Obviously, people ran for that door, and it just got... Jammed. Yeah. And wow. so, yeah. So... Wow. Well, and in this case, it was in through the outdoor. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And having the door bolted. Yes. Which made... shut. It, it sort of, in a sick way, makes sense for, like, someone who's trying to think of crowd control, but not because they didn't think it all the way through. Right. They thought it would just control the flow of children, but they didn't coming, think... Coming from the outside. Yes. But they didn't think that kids aren't going to proceed in an orderly fashion when, when, when unsupervised. When you're, when you're waving toys. Yes. Like... Yes. Like a kid today wouldn't do that. No. You know, it'd no. be the, it'd be the same instinct. Yes, be like, oh shit, somebody's got a toy. I'm five years old. Kids are distracted by shiny, yeah. fluffy objects. Yeah. yeah, that's why we're never having them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so an interesting thing, though, another positive effect: an architect named Robert Alexander Briggs, who was living in Sunderland at the time, was so moved by the tragedy that he eventually designed a bolt that he had patented in 1891. So several years later. 
which kept people from entering a door. So it would bolt shut from the outside, but would, it would open release when, from, the inside. from the inside. And this was the original concept for what would eventually become the modern push bar or mm-hmm. crash bar I was door. just going to say. Yes. Um, I, I was a security guard for oh, one uh-huh. summer. Yes. Um, at Greenville Tech. Oh, in, mighty Greenville Tech. Go, G- mighty. I don't think they had a team. Oh. Um, <laughs> not that I know of, anyway. They might now. Um, but this is in G Vegas, South Carolina. Mm. Any of my uh, fellow Greenville friends or listeners will, will get the G Vegas reference. Okay. But uh, but yes, that's how you would that's how you would lock those doors too, is with a little Allen wrench. From the inside? For, yes. Okay. So they were still they were mm-hmm. still openable by the inside, yes, but, not but the you outside. could not get in from the outside. Yes. And in fact, I was I was I was gonna say is like is that yes, the push bar? Yes. Because that's, uh-huh. that's what it sounds like. And in like. fact, a lot of them don't even have handles, right? No. On the outside, yeah, because mm-hmm. they're not meant to be modes no. of entrance, just a grass. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So um, obviously, this type of exit door is meant to help prevent crushing deaths or stampedes because if you fall against it it opens, it opens. and it every opens. every business has those yes, doors basically yes it's it's like requirements all of the doors where i work that's how yeah. that's how they are yeah so that was sort of the positive effect of this 183 kids died but we did it end could have up, been preventable yes it could have been prevented but we did end up with a mechanism to keep people safe for years to come yes who knows how many lives have been saved by crash bar doors you know thinking about it now all it took was 183 kids well god yeah so now let's get back to what you were saying about a toy horse Okay, yes. Yeah. I did, uh, well, a wooden horse. A wooden I horse, yes. Horse. The Sunderland Museum in Winter Gardens has on display... <sighs> God, don't tell. Do they have something on display from this thing? Well, the toy given by the phase to one of the girls in the crowd, Emily Steele of okay. Sunderland. It is a rocking horse. Sure, well, That yeah. is missing its front legs and uh, rockers because... As she was carrying it out. She didn't die. She was fine. Sure. As she was carrying it out, a little boy tried to grab it from her and, and grabbed the rockers and the front legs. That's how, like, rabid these kids were. Yeah. Um, the BBC selected this rocking horse as one of Britain's 100 most important objects. Really? I mean, this was a big deal. Sure. For the time and still, <clears throat> I mean, in terms of crushing deaths, this and Hillsborough are probably up there as, like, the top two. Yeah. And, in England. <clears throat> and, um, but this is dealing with all kids. All which, children. Which makes it Yep. Even all children worse. under 15. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty grisly. It's, it's bad. So, the phase continued touring almost immediately. Really? Yeah, they really? kept going. They toured for, like, another 25 years. No shit. Yep. They just kept going. I would have thought they might have packed it in for a couple mm. of months, or no? They, did they much go just went back to is it. Is there any account? Like, did they go to any of the funerals, or I, I did not. I, I didn't find anything on that. Okay. I mean, they, they testified at the inquests. Did they get sued monetarily? I, I did not see any evidence of that. I mean, this is back in the late eighteen hundreds and Victorian but were, England. But there were yes, still there were suits civil for court, that. Yeah. But but. <clears throat> I, I, maybe if it was working class families, they couldn't really afford to take anybody to court. I mean, there I could guess, have been yeah. there could have been other circumstances surrounding yeah. that. So we're thinking more in a modern framework. Sure. Whereas back then, yeah, maybe not so much. Things so, were things were a little bit more loose back then. Yeah, probably. So and as for Victoria Hall. Yes, because I'm curious about this as well. 
It was destroyed in an oh. air raid during World War II by the Germans oh. in 1941. That makes sense as well. Yeah. A lot of shit was destroyed by the Germans in England yes, in, in that year and the uh, previous years and sequential years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No shit. Apparently the monument of the mother with the car- the dying child is still around. I was now. just going to ask about so They moved it somewhere in like 2000, but I don't remember where. Was I it didn't write it down. At the No, it was at a It was across I think it was across in the park or something. Okay. It was, I think it was yeah, originally nearby. You wouldn't really want to remind every, everybody of that every time they walked into right? the theater. Like, we're, know your exit. We're going to put it right, we're going to actually put it, like, right when you pass in. It'll be the first thing you see. <laughs> the mother with the dying child. Yeah, like, yeah, what happened here? Yeah. Oh, we know what happened here. Yeah. So after a while, I would think you probably wouldn't need a reminder of that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so that was the Victoria Hall Stampede. That I researched twice, by the way, because for our listeners, I um, I worked on this one in San Diego. Wrote San, it out, San Diego. <laughs> wrote it out longhand. Yes, she on did. On hotel paper <laughs> and on the plane. Yes, and on the plane <laughs> because I saved my, all my little articles on pocket and and wrote out the whole thing longhand. Put it in an envelope, and I have no idea where that envelope went. <laughs> yeah. It's in this house somewhere, and it'll turn up like a year from now. Or it's in the plane, like I left it in the pocket, Uh, and some random person is going to be like, what the hell is this? What is wrong with this person who was sitting in this chair? (laughs) If if you are the flight attendant or passenger who found it, let me know. Hopefully you stumble upon this podcast. (laughs) Yes, right. And be like, oh, that's the the morbid woman that was sitting in that seat. (laughs) Yes, it was me. That would be a coincidence. So, yes, I, I re-researched it all today. So I kind of feel like I could tell the whole story without any research at this point because I've gone over it like three times. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, but that's... And, and I became a little inert to it because I, I, like, read about it so much and wrote about it multiple times. And so it's like, oh, yeah, 183 kids died. But if you really think of it, that's terrifying and terrible. It is. I, I mean, I can't... I mean, the only thing I can associate it with um i guess modern day would be um newtown but that was a crime yeah yes exactly so that was Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. 20 kids whatever the number number, was it's not that's that that's not that's yeah but what 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 i will say is like i saw the um because i know yes we're not a true crime podcast but like the effects of tragedy whether it be criminal or negligence or just or natural just a disaster, natural disaster. Yeah. um tragedy and grief obviously like is pretty universal like it is felt well, in well, different sure. ways and, and in different outlets depending on how somebody dies but like i saw that um documentary i think it was called newtown yeah, Netflix. I watched it. I watched it too. That was such a rough documentary to see yeah. all those parents mm-hmm. like grieving for their children, and this is the same thing. Well, like in terms of grieving. Uh, Rachel, uh, Alex Jones said that that was just a false flag. That it didn't really yeah. happen. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. No, because this is not going to become the Tickly Podcast. <laughs> as in, it's not going to become the political podcast because yeah. that's where that's headed. Yeah, but. It's it's just you know like it's fucked up and it will leave that mark on it on that town forever. Well, and that's very and much what happened here. Yes, you know this is this is still like a hundred forty years later, uh, gaining on it, one hundred thirty yeah. five almost. 
and uh, like even in more modern times, they've had like mem- like remember they still they still know it. about it. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like people, the trashy people still that know marked about it. this town. Yeah. And the the hall where it took place isn't even there anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the site. Who, who right. knows what's there? Right. Right. But uh. So, and, and and this is England, mm-hmm. who has gone through a lot of things oh, since that time. Yes, and they still this this town mm-hmm. still remembers that. Yes, so yes. that's that's well, pretty you, prominent. You don't forget something like that. You know, no. there are, there are big tragedies that like every tragedy has somebody who remembers it. Sure, like even if it's one person, their family and friends certainly remember it. The the bigger the the body count. The more people right. become affected, but by there are, it. there are times, and certainly like this one, yeah, where a tragedy can just leave a mark on an actual community, right. like for good, right? Forever. Because pretty much everybody knew somebody or knew somebody who knew somebody who right. was affected by it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah, it's just part of the culture moving forward. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it, and and there's a lot of there are a lot of communities who are impacted that way in different ways. Like in Miami, you know, the people who lived through Hurricane Andrew, that impacted an entire generation. And sure. Then, which that's another one we're covering soon. But, um, and, and that's just a, like... Soon to come on all bad things. Yes. Ooh, teaser. Yeah, our first teaser. our first tease. Oh. Yes. Um, Hurricane Andrew. Uh-huh. It's a big one. And uh, maybe... A, a bit ill-timed based on the other hurricanes that have come through. Yeah, when uh, when we well when we originally had our plan to come out with our Hurricane Andrew yeah, episode, it was before. none of these past hurricanes that have happened in the past month had happened yet. But we'll talk about my experience with Hurricane Irma. Yes, you, you were you were involved in that one. I was a little bit, <laughs> and so was my sister and her family. Oh yes, and my so. my entire South Florida family. So yeah, but. Uh, Anyway, yes, so tragedies do leave their mark on towns, mm-hmm. and that's, that's they interesting. They certainly can. You know? They certainly can. Yes, not, yes. not all. No, no, and like I said, the bigger the tragedy, the like obviously the bigger the impact to the community writ large, but uh, did you like that writ large? I did, oh. yes. That was very nice. I'm st- I've still got it together even after an 8.5% imperial stout. Yeah, we're going to cut off the mic before she doesn't have it together. <laughs> So that, maybe we better sign off. Because that's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I apologize for last week's episode. Apparently, I was pretty sloshed during that one. We finally, like, gotten to a point where we're sort of recording just a few days before Before release, we release. Which panics me, but is really how most podcasts operate. Yeah. Instead of, like... Weeks in advance. Yeah, we had a we had a bunch of them saved up. Yeah, and now we don't. Now we're kind of (laughs) caught up. So, (laughs) So. I but I started research on the next one. Gonna do Hurricane Andrew. We're gonna get all get into all that stuff. Okay, so uh, there's your tease right there, folks. Yes, indeed, indeed. All right. Well, so uh, that was the Victoria Hall Stampede. Yes, and this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.